Hello! Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg, and today's guest is my good pal, Jamie Ray. Jamie is self-described as something that occurs when a comedian has sex with a light worker. He is a paradox of sorts. He's a unique blend of hyperactive, hyperactive, caffeine-consuming, crazy person. He's a, he's a storm of the best kind. And he combines that with this really grounded, spiritual, soulful vibe that is chasing hard truths and trying to live his best life. And it's a fun conversation. We talk about masculine and feminine dynamics. We talk about listening to the body. We talk about intuition and fear and all kinds of stuff. This is another monthly chat with my membership group. It's called Team Never Giver Upper. There's about 12 or 15 of us in there at the moment. We have a monthly chat with an expert, which is this one that becomes a podcast. I also lead a workshop months a month. There's a group text message. It's really good. I, I love it. The people in there are wonderful. It's like we're friends. So if you're looking for a little bit of a community, if you need some support, some connection, if you're feeling down, do check it out. I've included a link in the show notes. It's fun, and uh, I'd love to, to meet you. Okay, without further ado, enjoy, enjoy, without further ado, enjoy Jamie Ray, who is a relationship coach, a writer, a speaker. He's just an all-around fascinating human. I think you're going to like it. All right, now we're recording. And um, just a moment ago, you were saying so many enthusiastic, kind words about me that were complimentary. Would you um, like me to continue? No, no, no. That would be, that would be uncomfortable. Uh, but please, <laughs> please do. Now, Jamie Ray, welcome to the podcast. You're a good pal of mine. This is Team Never Giver Upper, my monthly, our monthly membership group. And we vibe and connect. But for those who don't know you, like, what's your deal, man? Who are you? What are you passionate about? Who the fuck are you, Jamie? Well, first off, I'm holding a flamingo testicle right now. It's a nice pink stress ball. And everyone, thank you for, for having me on here. I'm, I'm super stoked to be here. And uh, as I was saying before, Jeremy is a sensational human being. He's like peppermint herbal tea. And I think we all need some peppermint herbal tea. Oh my gosh, are you having it right now? Right now. Look at that, man. I, I just had a fuck ton of coffee since I'm coffee mixed with cocaine. So I've just had a, a shit ton of caffeine. But yeah, everyone, thank you for having me here. My name is Jamie, Jamie Ray. Uh, what's my deal? Well, like I'm a life and relationship coach. I'm also an energy worker, body worker, and craniosacral therapist. Also a comedian of sorts, a screenwriter, and a filmmaker. And what am I all about? I would say humor and healing. And bringing humor and healing together is kind of a mirage and bringing the you know, out there kind of wild unleashed parts with the sacred healing parts with, you know, working on ourselves and transformation. And ultimately, like what I tell people that I do is I'm essentially like a soul teacher. That's basically what I do, because it's always bringing it back to how do we connect to soul? How do we connect more deeply to ourselves? And I really believe that like this healing in general, is kind of bringing it all back to like, how do we manifest more of our soul three-dimensionally like in the world because obviously our soul is a thing but how do we live in that flow with our soul so like 
I always tell people, yeah, that I'm basically a soul guide or a soul teacher, which is kind of what I always bring it back to. Mm. How do you define soul or how do you view it? I kind of honestly, now I view soul is, is obviously we hear those whispers, you know, it kind of starts out like, I think Jeff Brown, if anyone's familiar, talks a lot about it in, in his writing, but I was always like a dude who was really connected to soul, but it was, I still couldn't trust it. You know, and when I say like, I couldn't trust my soul, I really feel like I couldn't actually listen to my body because a lot of the time our soul is located inside our cells and in the body, but we have like this frozen over emotional body we aren't able to access at least like fully access soul and have it like live three-dimensionally in the world if you know we're not able to experience our emotions if we're living in survival and so i just kind of see soul is like your creative energy your your sexual energy your kind of unbridled life force and for me and and i think just even collectively in what 2020s been a lot about is obviously we've been going through some shit you know there's been this major yeah like you know just just a little bit just a little bit and um and i feel like now we're moving into this age of aquarius and really collectively it's it's we're being asked to embody more of our soul more of our kind of life force underneath and so i kind of just consider it as that voice that lives in your in your body it's like the ultimate truth teller Mm. I like that. That's good. Just lives under there, you know, and, and then like for me personally, I've realized, you know, because a lot of the work that I've been doing this past year is that I've had this building a better relationship to my emotions and actually kind of like liquefying my emotional body and like building a relationship to grief. Like for a long time, I didn't really have this relationship to grief and kind of as I've liquefied more of my emotional body, I've been able to like tune into my body and actually kind of trust what those messages are saying. Because a lot of the time we're like up here and we're like listening to what's going on in our body, but we're like, oh, I don't know if I can fully trust that. And like the mind loves to talk shit, but the body is like the ultimate truth tether. The body never lies. And um, so it's just been like an interesting journey that I found for me personally and just with my clients, but also just you know, what I've seen in people, this idea of how can we manifest more of our soul in the world? Hmm. Dig it. Does anybody have questions or do you want me to keep peppering this gentleman for a bit? I know we've got one already from Tracy, but Tracy, you're driving across the country. Do you want me to ask it or ask questions? <laughs> she, yeah. I don't want you to crash on this podcast recording. Let's see. I'll take your silence as that you're driving across the country. Signal spotty. Signal spotty. Okay. So she, she previously wrote um, in, the in the chat box, Jamie. Yeah. Seems you have much duality towards the human condition. There's a deep reverence alongside complete satire, ample comedy coupling the inevitable drama in a way that makes us go, oh, wow. He said what? And he's not wrong. At the same time, mm. do, do, this is a really good, well thought out question. Do you attribute this to anything in particular? Did you always have both? Or was there a point in which you began to balance them? Say maybe a dark night of the soul to take yourself more or less seriously? You know, it's funny. I actually saw this meme recently where 
it was, I forget exactly. I can't, I can't quote it directly, but it was basically how it was basically talking about people who have gone through spiritual awakenings and they're like, cause we're going through this collective dark night of the soul. But then they're like, Oh, people have gone through spiritual awakenings are like, Oh, I've already had many of these dark nights of the soul. And for like a lot of people in the world, this is like their first ever dark night of the soul. And for me, I've had so many dark nights of the soul. So many times where I was just like, what the fuck is going to happen here? And, you know, for me, my path was to kind of speak towards your question. I wanted to be like a comedy writer and this comedic performer. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make it big in the entertainment industry. And then by 35 years old, I'm going to become a life coach. I don't know why all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to become a life coach in like 35. And then it just ended up happening sooner that I was called into the coaching space. But I was like pursuing a career in comedy. And then all of a sudden I was like, started going through this spiritual awakening. I was like, what the fuck? I was trying to be this comedy person. And then all of a sudden this shit was happening in my life. And I just felt called into coaching. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to kind of move out of this, this comedy track that I was in, do this coaching thing. And then I've done the coaching thing for a while. And the comedy thing kind of ended up coming full circle and kind of reintegrating back into the healing stuff. And now I'm kind of like fucking together the comedy and the healing. Like I always say when people are like, who are you? I'm like, I'm like if a comedian fucked a light worker. So it's like if a comedian and a light worker combined. And um, I just, I just can't take myself too seriously. You know, I'm just like, yeah, I have, I have some things to say, but, but every time I take myself too seriously, I'm like, I need a dick joke. I need to talk about balls because it gets too dry. You know, I don't know if, I don't know if that answers your question, but it was kind of bringing together two parts of me. Like I love comedy and I love healing. And I was like, why not intersect them? Yeah. Sort of, um, opposing interests that you united in your art. Yeah, it was like there were two separate things. And then I basically feel like I found my voice as like a creator, a writer, teacher, like whatever you want to call it. When I was like, oh, I don't have to choose. Because for the longest time I thought I had to choose, do I be serious or be funny? I'm like, you can be serious and be funny because as humans, we're all complicated. Yeah, You know, we all have senses of humor. Well, like most of us, we all have senses of humor and we all, you know, like to talk about things and, and we're all complicated. So why not? You know, I kind of have this idea of like the complicated healer, like rather than compartmentalize who we are, let's just like intersect all parts of who we are into this mishmash of shit, you know? Mm -hmm. We contain multitudes, I think is what I'm hearing. Yeah, we're all, we're all onions, you know, we're all like, we, we all have layers and, and none of us are, are simple. And um, so it's kind of bringing those two worlds together. And then, um, and my whole thing with the self, I don't know how you all feel, but my whole thing with self-development was like, I love self-development, but it's just like, it needs like a little bit more humor. You know, it's a little too like, it's sacred work. Don't get me wrong. But mm. it was just like, I, I just don't want to be serious all the time. Yeah. That was one of my reflections as well. When I sort of started along this journey is it seems like personal growth as a whole sweeping generalization, personal growth as an industry takes itself very seriously. I mean, yeah. it's called even doing the work. And it's, it's serious business. Uh, but some of the more profound humans that I've seen or heard from or come across are often the best gigglers. 
you know they're the lightest ones um, yeah they're they're the most childlike well and like you know humor is is so important in healing anyway it's like you know if we're looking at like a transformational growth journey it's like yeah shadow trauma all this stuff is so important but so many of us have a hard time with joy so expanding our capacity to like be with our grief, it's just as important to expand our capacity to be with joy. Because if we grew up, say, in a household where it was like we weren't allowed to play, you know what I mean? Where our parents were like, oh, Jamie, like you can't play, like you have to work hard. Then now the, a huge part of the work is actually how do I actually expand ease in my body? How do I expand joy, bliss, freedom, all these things? And so... Um, I feel like if we're not incorporating humor into our healing process, we're neglecting a really big part of it because humor is also important for like, how do we integrate? You know, we're doing all this deep shit. Like, let's take a pause and just like serious growth work. Just like chill the fuck out for a second. Let me kind of giggle and watch this comedy thing and like allow all this heavy stuff that I did to kind of integrate a bit. So, mm. Jamie, we've got another question from Kate. Sure. Um, Kate says, uh, I've got a question about the body knowing when it comes to following paths. How do you generally distinguish between, quote, this is challenging or, quote, this is a path I shouldn't follow or between this is appealing slash feels in flow or this is too comfortable? So I guess how do you listen to your body and distinguish the various voices or the different paths that you have? Available. Yeah. And you know, that's a, that's a really, really good question because it makes me think of a couple things. So are you all familiar with, with Gary Vaynerchuk? Is anyone? No. Well, he was, you know, he's this entrepreneur who his whole branding, I mean, I even have sweaters of his, like I was really into him like early on in kind of my self-development and his whole thing is grind, hustle, work hard all. And you know, it's about his whole thing's like working 12 to 15 hours a day um, and it's hustle and grinding. And then you go to the far other end, like say more in the spiritual alignment community and, and, and the kind of woo community. It's like, Oh, like I don't need to work hard at all. I can just manifest fucking everything. I just got to like think positive thoughts and like shit's able to happen. And I'm like, okay, well the grinding and work hard, does I find I don't really, re I mean, I did it first for a while, but I was like, after a while, that didn't feel good. I was like, it just felt like I was a salmon swimming upstream because if we're always like work hard grind, we're never actually tuning into what really feels in resonance. So we could be grinding at the wrong things. And I like to think of it like, say someone is grinding, but they're not actually grinding in their genius zone. So essentially, they're so limited for success because they're actually not working hard in the area that they have the most God-given gifts. But then if you go over to the spiritual community and you're like, I can just manifest it. Okay. You need to be in alignment, but you also need to be the hardest working person in the room. I really believe that greatness comes when you intersect. You're the hardest, per hardest working person in the room. You, you are able to move through resistance but you're also have done the self-discovery to tune into yourself, to excavate your soul, your kind of God-given gifts, and you're able to actually work hard at the pieces that you're most naturally gifted at. And so to answer your question, 
I really believe this is what I felt for me is that we need to engage in this process of self-discovery to kind of learn ourselves. And, you know, first off, just on a basic level, what we're interested in. And then also what opens up space? Because I always constitute space as safety. So we need to be able to like learn the cues in our body because yeah, sometimes, you know, we need to override our system to like hit a deadline. You know what I mean? So sometimes we will need to work through resistance, but then it also becomes a point where sometimes there's all this resistance because it's not actually the most aligned thing. So it's, it really requires a lot of discernment and it's very much kind of a case by case scenario. What I found in, in my journey and really kind of preceding all of that is that self-discovery of being able to know how your body responds and then be able to read, okay, is this something where I'm just having resistance because I'm in fear, because I'm afraid, or am I having resistance because it's misaligned? And I really feel that um, that really is kind of a case by case because sometimes we do need to move through resistance. Like resistance is the portal to bliss, to having our dreams come true. But resistance also might mean that something's misaligned, that there's no ease or space. So I really feel it's kind of case by case, but really tuning into like what opens up space for us in the body. How do you get better at discernment when it comes to everything you just talked about? So discerning between good discomfort, misaligned discomfort. Yeah. And for me, honestly, the, the biggest thing is learning how to make decisions that are about safely supporting my system. So how can you make decisions that are actually about nurturing where your system and your body is? Because if we're not able to make decisions that like are about safely supporting our system, then we're perpetually at war with our body. So for me, it's been how do I meet my system with tenderness and compassion? How do, because so, so many times when we have these internal wars, it's because the mind is, is, is constantly at war with the body. Like, why is my fucking body responding this way? And when we're constantly at war with our body, our body's just going to shut down. We're just going to have, you know, perpetual discomfort. But if I can get on the same team as my body, if I can bring tenderness and compassion to my system, then I'm able to tune in and listen and be like, okay, is this something that I can't do because it doesn't feel safe? Or is it because I'm afraid right now? And I find with, Jared, I don't know what you find, but I find with resistance, what I do with resistance is I label what is I'm feeling. Like, what is this resistance? Am I afraid? Is it because I don't know how to do it? Is it because like I'm afraid of failure? Or is it because I'm afraid of success? Because oftentimes with resistance, it's, you know, it can oftentimes be fear because, you know, pro procrastination is resistance. And oftentimes resistance is that were, you know, could be fear of failure, fear of success. So I always try to find to label what resistance really is and be able to work with it in a whole different way. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. The way that I think about it is clarity. So yeah. The idea that clarity is the antidote to anxiety or if I can understand clearly what I feel, why I feel it, the story that I'm using to base this decision, the things that I'm avoiding, the things that I desire, if I can yeah. get a really clear picture of 
the overall perspective, then I can sort of make my way and maneuver through that process more easily. Right, because then you're just able to like call out what it what it really is, right? Like, when, yeah, yeah, and like getting support from other people is really helpful too. And like, I live with a ninja queen who spits yeah. fire at me pretty often, like in a good right. way, where right. I'll be whining or complaining about something, and she'll just be saying very powerful things like, "Jeremy, this is what growth is. You're just expanding right now." Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, this is growth. Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be uncomfortable. Oh, th- thank you. I'll get back to doing my work now. Yeah, uh, but hang on, we've got another question. Peter, sure. do you want to jump on and ask yours? So, can everyone hear me? Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, as I've been diving into, you know, some of this uh, some of this work that uh, that you guys do, and uh, I've noticed there's a lot of amazing, uh, strong feminine energy and, and females in this space. And uh, and as a dude, I'd just be really interested uh, in hearing, uh, I suppose, some of your thoughts, some of um, you know the challenges that you've had with, you know, uh, I suppose, communicating, sharing, and uh, and and educating around uh, the differences between some of the masculine energy, some of the feminine energy. Uh, and dealing with the uh, with the different genders uh, that, uh, that that we have uh, around. So yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, welcome to the uh, work, Peter. If you're if you're kind of newly in this space, it's amazing to to have you here. What are your What are your thoughts on that, Jer? Oh, you're you're just going to deflect. Well, I can go for it. I'll go into it. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm happy to share, but. I would love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Well, like, you know, what's interesting is so like 80, 85% of my, like, I don't know about you, Joe, but 80, 85% of my audience is, is, is women. And, you know, I really think that men are getting more into this work, but I think again, it comes down to that whole piece where, you know, just from my experience, what I've found is that, that women are, um, they just seem to have an easier time to getting into that space of being like, I want to do this work. I want to put myself out there. Whereas dudes, I feel like a lot of the time will kind of consume that this energy or like this work or this kind of content kind of behind closed doors a bit and are a little bit more kind of reluctant to kind of, you know, jumping into the arena. But I really feel that men, there is a real upswing of men kind of getting more and more into this work, which is amazing to see because we are really seeing a lot of this feminine uprising, right? Where just in the culture, we're seeing a feminine uprising. And I feel like a lot of men are like, okay, does that mean I need to become more like a woman? And that's not at all it, you know what I mean? But I do think that men are being asked to step into unfamiliar territory. And, you know, if we look at like, you know, men's, you know, suicide rates, depression, it's because I think there's this dialogue and and kind of this gaslighting in the culture that, you know, if men have a relationship to their emotions, they're pussies and all this stuff where we can't really be in our healthy masculine energy if we're also not connected to our feminine energy, if we're not connected to our emotions. And we won't be able to get the most out of our woman in relationship if we're not you know, in our bodies and also similarly connected to our emotions. So I do feel that for a while, it was this idea of like men thinking they have to become women. But now I really think that 
you know, there's a big rise in men's work and, and things like that, where men are, are learning from healthy male teachers of like, what does it mean to be a man in this kind of new era or this new age that you can still, you know, be a healthy masculine male and also be able to be in flow, you know, be connected to soul, be connected to emotions. And so I really feel there's kind of this recalibration with men where we're kind of learning, okay, we don't have to be like women, but we're able to be in our healthy masculine energy, but also embody our feminine at the same time. Yeah. I, I agree with much of that. I think, and two, just to acknowledge we're speaking heteronormatively, Peter, your, your yeah. comment in the chat room was, was helpful. Um, so it's like sweeping generalization, heteronormatively, um, masculine, feminine dynamics. I think that, so, so I go back to this quote by Gloria Steinem that I read a, a while ago and I just Googled it, but she said, we've begun to raise daughters more like sons but few have the courage to raise our sons more like our daughters, mm-hmm. right? And I think it alludes to what you were talking about there, Jamie, is that a lot of dudes, I would say the vast majority of men operating around the planet weren't taught um, in an encouraging, supportive manner how to feel things, how right. to communicate their needs, how to express emotions, how to deal with anger in a healthy way, how mm-hmm. to form intimate relationships. Uh, I was listening to this podcast the other day, this guy, Francis Weller, and he was suggesting that everything that a man is taught in childhood is in conflict with intimacy. Mm. I think I got that right. Something like that. And so from, from a small age, men in, in general are not given the language or the vocabulary with which to communicate half their body let's call it the feminine energy that that we all have um, and so that get mani- that manifests in um, a variety of unhealthy ways right addiction and and all of the other manners of, of rage and violence and, that we're seeing today so again there's i agree with you there's a lot of work going on in this space that is necessary and long overdue and i see it still as um a space that is kind of in flux and in transition. Yeah. And there's a lot of people having a lot of strong opinions and a lot of powerful voices trying to guide this change. And I think that's really good. And I think that there's still a lot, a lot of people out there, especially men who are, who are not comfortable going to therapy, who are not comfortable asking for help, who are not comfortable expressing pain, shame, resentment, guilt, fear, all of it. And um, so, yeah, there's work to do. And then in terms of, of female dynamics, a lot of what I see is that, to, again, speaking very generally, that a lot of women out there are operating primarily in their masculine. So they're the boss CEOs, they're the entrepreneurs, they're the, like we joke as a society that they're the the pants in the relationship, right? The the neck that controls the head, right? And so that, again, is a different way for that dynamic to express in potentially unhealthy ways, right? And so a lot of the, the conversations that I've had with women is trying to get back into that expressive, flowing, feminine energy that the world desperately requires, while at the same time holding that strong masculine energy as well. And I think that 
that is where we're kind of moving to like i've got bright red fingernails at this moment right so like that's my definition of masculinity and healthy manhood is like yeah got red nails i'm trying to stop biting my nails and so when i paint them red it helps me to to notice when i'm doing that and like fuck it i don't give a shit what people think like at the supermarket or out in public or on my instagram like i'm defining healthy masculinity for me and so i think that sort of self-confidence self-expression is is also required um that there are no rules in terms of how to do this individually but if we can collectively hold space to create that safety for us all to navigate that path together um i think we'll we'll be in a better off position yeah jer and first of all i fucking love the fingernails brother it looks Thanks, it looks man. great well it's like <laughs> if i think of wholeness i really think of masculine and feminine energy and and the wild alchemy like kind of the embodied poetry and if we look at even just what's happened in the world in 2020 um i feel like it is moving this is kind of if we're looking if we're speaking from men inherently what's happening this great pause in the world is a bit of, of switching to more feminine awareness which is you know i mean we're having to move more into stillness more to like you know, we were in quarantine, so we're having to kind of sit with ourselves, you know, and I really think the feminine energy is coming home to the body, coming home to the soul. And when I think of like alchemy or masculine and feminine energy, I always say it's the dildocorn. It's like a unicorn with a raging dildo on the top. So it's kind of this masculine and feminine. And with men, it's this idea of coming home to the body it's more of an embodiment practice. It's almost finding our masculine via the feminine, because that's why we have, you know, say a dude's like working a job that he's so disconnected from. He's very much in this, this toxic kind of wounded masculine energy. But as you come home more to the feminine, more to the body, and then you're able to manifest and cultivate more of the soul, the soul. And then now you can execute your masculine energy via the soul in more of a way where it's more integrated, more embodied, and you're more connected to yourself. Because for me personally, I found cracking open to my body, to my emotional world, to my feminine has actually led to much more masculine energy because I'm much more anchored in my system. I have more capacity. I become more of a mountain because um, obviously like masculine energy is very much through challenge. But as I've just become more body connected, it, it's, it's allowed me to be more of a container to, to be able to hold more of my body, which is interesting because it's created more masculine energy. Yeah. I think we're, we're all kind of redefining what it means to be a strong man. Right. Yeah. Or, like, what does it mean to be? What does it mean to be a, a good man? What does it mean to be um, a strong man? And so, for me, like, part of that recharacterization, so to speak, is the the idea that like showing strength, showing weakness, is a sign of strength. Mm-hmm. Like that to me is a strong man, someone that can stand up and say, "Hey, I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. I need help." I, I think that is strength, versus growing people that grew up in the '50s and before kind of was a strong man means like boys don't cry man up right chin up buttercup like we don't show emotion and so there's this gigantic 
cultural revolution of sorts that's slowly been happening over the last couple of decades, in particular the last the last decade or two, um, that we're all kind of in flux figuring it out. And so there's like a two step forwards. Oh, that didn't work. One step back, but that's still right. progress. And right. how do how do females uh, support this space? How do males support the females in this space? And we're all kind of progress the entire civilization while concurrently confronting environmental crises, mm. global pandemics, ancestral and institutional trauma, uh, racism, like there's a, there's a lot going on. And so I think though that at the heart of much of that is, is like self-compassion, self-love and a re, like an investigation uh, of soul and spirit, as you alluded to. Yeah, Jaron, it might have been you who posted this, but, and this is even just a practice that I've engaged in, but it's this idea of like, if we're fucking crying to stick your chest out and actually take up space with your tears. And like, to like me and a few of my guy friends that I do a mastermind with, we always have this thing where it's like when you need supported to claim the space. Be like, I'm not doing good right now. I need to be supported. And so it's like bringing a masculine energy to being like, I'm struggling right now. Um, I need to be seen, heard, and supported. And I really feel like just, you know, that fierce, fierce vulnerability is is a great way that I've, just for me anyway, um, in terms of like connecting to that healthy mask and like fierce vulnerability, mm. like fierce compassion. Mm. I did a post about normalizing not apologizing while crying oh that's what it was i'm just i'm tired of that shit like seeing people cry like i'm sorry i'm crying it's like it's just now can we just all agree to not do that anymore like that that anybody who's crying doesn't need to worry about apologizing it's like we just all accept that that's totally cool and just cry your fucking eyes out and take up space and be okay with it um that was more about that but um any other questions in the chat? There's a few comments. Sunflower said the same thing for women who are taught not, who are not supported to be in their masculine, mm. right? And so it, it goes both ways. This personal, part of this personal growth or this personal development is, is looking back at your own childhood, your own lived experience and trying to uncover your path. Like what created your trajectory? What did you learn when you were young? What, who taught you? what it meant to be a woman who taught you what it meant to be a man. How did you learn about love, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Yeah. It's complex. It's very, very complex shit. And like, you know, I've gone back into looking at my stuff and, and, you know, Jared, I don't know how you connect to this, but I've always been a dude who's been pretty, you know, enmeshed with my feminine. And so I kind of looked at my life and I was like, okay, like, you know, my masculine energy or my disconnection from my masculine energy is why, like, I've never really been able to land the plane or to actually be able to execute. You know what I mean? I've always been connected to soul and like whimsical creativity and shit. But then, you know, that my masculine energy, you know, not being completely connected to that hasn't allowed me to kind of execute on that energy. So it's been interesting, even in my own journey, kind of going back and looking at that. Mm. A bit of a a plot twist, but you referenced earlier the dark night of the soul that you've had many, many, many experiences with that. Has yeah. there been anything this year in 2020, the, the year of 
historically clusterfucked experiences that has caused you to grow or learn or change? Oh man, just even just these past six months have been just the craziest, just the wildest. Um, so it's basically just been this process. I mean, I've done a lot of trauma work on myself kind of the past six months. And, you know, I, re I really like to think of like healing and growth as perpetual confusion. You know, if we're confused, it means we're growing. And it's this idea of if we think of growth, as we, we think of like conscious awareness here, like this is like the ego. It's like what we're consciously aware of. Like I can identify with this. And then growth is like moving out in that space where we're like, what the fuck is this? So it's like the unconscious realm. It's like there's no precedence for it. And a lot of the work that I've kind of been going on is this idea of like going through these up levels, but like not fucking knowing what's going on because my body's trying to integrate the pieces. And like healing and integration works at the pace of the body. And the body's like a snail on a slug. So we're always like, you know, we're in our mind, we're like, what the fuck, like body? But the body's doing its thing. The body's wildly organic. The body's trying to make sense. And I've had a lot of these scenarios where like my body's making connections and it precedes my mind. And so my body's making a connection somatically and my mind's like oh shit like that's crazy it's like my body and my actual physiology has made a connection and my mind's come through later and so it's been this real gnarly gritty like few months to now it's like stepping into this portal of fucking bliss i'm just like holy shit like the whole world is kind of going through this but it's really this gnarly integration to now my body's making the connections and it's like ease and flow. And it is this idea, Jer, that I feel like soul being more manifested in the physical realm where it's we're allowing the body to precede the mind. So it's tuning to the body to be like, what direction should I go following the guidance of the body? And then the mind begins to quiet down. But I find just with me when it's neglecting the body, my mind's fucking racing up and it's this war. But so it's been this process of like having decisions be body through mind, which has been a whole other level because I've gone through multiple spiritual awakenings. I'm like, what the fuck? Is this like another spiritual awakening all of a sudden? Like, where did this come from? You know, I thought I was done with these. And so it's been this whole other level and it's been a lot of like bringing people into my mess so to speak and it's like this it's like say we have our survivalist identity here which is say it's like i'm an overfunctioner, i'm i'm an achiever and then we have our thriving identity here and it's like our survivalist identity is like our inner child for me it's like they've become in union where it's like inner child soul is being exposed and I've created enough safety now in my body where those parts of me are being revealed. And I'm like, this is me. You know, I'm messes in these areas. I'm working on these things. And it's like that idea where we're crying and we allow people to see it. There's no, there's not as much of a gap. Like if we talk about men, there's shame, there's projection. There's like, 
my essence, my survival identity is here, and we project out here, which creates a war in the body. But now as we create more safety for our system, move out of survival, now the inner child, the functional adult come more into union, more of our soul becomes manifested in the physical realm, and it's safer just to be the vulnerable person of who we are. And so it's been this real interesting process of embodiment at a, at a whole other level these past six months. Do you have any practices that you use to hone those skills, so to speak? Yeah. So it's, I'm always asking myself the question for one is what can I do to safely support my system? That's one thing. The biggest question I always ask myself is what would the flamingo do? So my spirit animal is a flamingo. And it's like when I think of my soul, my soul is called freedom, the flamingo. And the reason why a flamingo is just through different embodiment therapy practices, my system connects with flamingos. And when I say my system connects with flamingos, what I mean is that flamingos really regulate my nervous system. They allow me to come into more of a state of peace. And so say I'm focusing on a flamingo, if I have sadness that's like kind of just underneath, I'm able to access it more. The flamingo allows me to be supported. So I'm always asking myself, what would a flamingo do? So for all of you, it's, it might not be a flamingo, but even just the practice is like, what animal do you connect to? It could be a panther. It could be like, Jared's probably a burrito. You know what I mean? It's like, what does your system connect with? And I have pictures of flamingos everywhere and I allow my, as part of an embodiment practice, I allow my eyes to rest on the flamingo and I just breathe into the flamingo. And I'm always asking myself, what direction is going to open up space for me? Because I consider, what is freedom? Freedom is internal space. What is safety? Safety is internal space. Like, how good do we feel in life when we feel like there's space inside of us internally? Like, how, how, how good do we feel when we're like, oh my gosh, I can fucking breathe? And the way we get there is that we're making decisions that are about honoring our body wherever it is. It's like we're gently supporting our system. And for me, I was at war with my body for a long time. I'm like, fucking body, cooperate. You know what I mean? I want to go for a run, even though my body's in pain. And like, as I've learned to like, listen to my body more, it's been like, holy shit. Like it's this peace and harmony. And what's access for me is more joy, more bliss, more ease, more fucking flamingo, more magic. Like I call the flamingo realm, the magical realm, because we're opening up space internally, which means it's safe for our soul to come forth. It's safe for me to be me, for me to like breathe. And um, I think in a world where like achievement and success is, is so revered, it is a superpower to listen and honor your system no matter where it is. And we all have individual systems and we're, they're all uniquely made and they're all an amalgamation of everything that we've been through. And when we can just you know, as we're talking about building tenderness and compassion to that system and, and, you know, bringing light 
and love to that to that space, then we're able to feel connected, but we're also able to access our power in a way that we've never realized. And power is internally sourced. That was a very interesting little rant that I that I really enjoyed. I love I love these moments that I occasionally have on a podcast where something clicks. I'm like, of course. It's like, of course you stared a flamingo and you, Jamie Ray, I mean, like, of course you have a guru on the wall that is literally a photo of a flamingo that you've channeled this other flamingo realm of magic that helps you to just live your highest vibe life. Like that to me makes tremendous sense. And also on the other side, I'm like so filled with joy that you actually do that. Well, you know, Jared, it wasn't even planned. Like I led a, a workshop a week ago that was about how to be a flamingo. And I was preparing for the workshop and I'm like, what the fuck? Like just all these things connected for me. And like, I'm not saying everyone needs to be a flamingo because it's all, it's all like what, it's all like what works for your system. You know what I mean? And just for me, I really like a flamingo because a flamingo is like a soul unleashed. A flamingo is like, I'm going to stand on one leg, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be a flamingo and do my thing. And it's like, you know, finding your feathers, feeling your feelings that, you know, a flamingo is pink because it allows itself to have this fluid emotional body. So its feathers become more pink because it's this liquefied emotional body. It, it also eats a lot of shrimp. And so it takes the color from the shrimp, but I, I like, I mean, let's go with your definition. It's got an emotionally liquefied body. And it's well, expressive. Yeah, like I don't like I I don't even know anything about flamingos, but I, I looked that up <laughs> and I was like, I was like, why are flamingos pink? And it's like, oh, like flamingos when something about like whatever they eat, right? That allows them to like yeah. their feathers to turn pink. And I was like, okay, when we make decisions that safely support our system, our feathers turn pink as human beings. There you go. That's and, what it is. That that there's so many metaphors in that, right? So you've you've identified an animal that creates safety inside of you that allows you to tap into that with a couple of breaths that gives you permission to express who you really are mm-hmm. and to stand out from the pack, so to speak, and live your full fluorescent pink life. Mm-hmm. And you use that as a encouraging sort of guru of sorts that you can tap into at any time to help you channel your your inner soul and let it express 100 percent, and it's like finding like the imprint you know what i mean and um so it's like my soul imprint is is pink mist so it's like when i what what do you mean (laughs) so it's like when i when i channel my soul it's like i imagine like pink mist is like moving around my body like just kind of above my body and so it's like, and then every time I imagine this pink mist, it like, it brings heat through my body and like brings this energy. And the point being, you know, I don't want to go in this rant with flamingos is like, you know, you can honestly think of an animal or it could be an inanimate object. I'm not saying it has to be an animal, mm-hmm. but like what really connects with you and you can even just, even if you're really triggered or you're, um, you know, you're really imbalanced or you're really off your center. You can just breathe into like a picture, an image, a feeling that brings and, and, and just, it kind of brings you back to that 
home base imprint. And then that becomes how you can move through the world and, and how you can put decisions up against. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter said it's like a fairy floss aura, which fairy floss in Australian is uh, cotton candy. So it's like a cotton uh-huh. candy aura that you've got. But I would add to that that it can be a word, a phrase, a sound, a person, a color, a place, something that you can sit with that will allow you to tap into everything you've just described, I think is a really powerful thing. Yeah. And and honestly, for me, and just to like, I can just reveal to you guys, even just in my own personal work, what's really struck a chord with me is having this realization of making decisions that are about safely supporting myself. What are you laughing at, Jer? I'm, I'm laughing. One of the one of the comments is the perils of sharing why flamingos are pink with a recovering scientist. I just thought that was a funny. I was like, I feel I like I'm like I can't let that go. Like flamingos aren't pink because they're emotionally mature. I just I, on my podcast, I just cannot allow that kind of biological scrutiny to just to just go unpassed. You know, like half everyone. To- Everyone on this call, you want to know what's funny? It's like, I swear every time I talk to Jeremy on a fucking podcast, I end up making this like real blanket statement without realizing this is like in an area that he studied in. And I so I didn't study flamingos, but I, but I know that, it, that it's not because of emotions. Yeah, no, no. It's because it, it's, it's of the shrimp. <laughs> I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that as well. No, but Jared, like, I feel like I've made, I feel like I've been on calls with you before and I've been like, oh, this is totally the reason why. And you're like, no, it's like definitely, like I studied that, I did a PhD in that. And I'm like, oh shit. Like I just serendipitously end up being like so strong in my convictions that are completely incorrect whenever I'm talking to you. That, no, that's okay. And I, I have a very narrow niche of things that I actually know to be true. And so I feel obligated to speak out. Like, oh. What did you study? I, you study marine biology? Yeah, I studied um, the people of the Great Barrier Reef and why we do the things we do. So I was trying to trying to study. Uh, I was trying to save the Great Barrier Reef with the context of climate change. To huh. trying to develop interventions that we could use with people, strategic messaging, communication approaches to alter human behavior. That's amazing, and that that is really niche or niche focused. Yeah, there's no flamingos though. But um, you reminded me of a thing that we did. I I did a retreat with Traver, boom, over New Year's. And we we did this exercise and we had people choose like an alter ego of sorts or an identity that they wanted to embody. And they would choose a word and then you would choose like a power pose, right? And so one woman really loves superheroes. And so she chose Thor. Mm. So for her, her alter ego was Thor. And she was like, when I am walking through the world, I'm going to bring that Thor vibe around, mm-hmm. right? Another guy was um, king. He's like, I just want to be a king. He's like, fucking right on, bro. Like, you are a king. Like, bring that energy out yeah. into the world. And so for you, it sounds like it's uh, flamingo energy, right? Yeah. For, for now. And like, maybe that lasts another day or week or a month. And then you're like, you know, I'm not a flamingo anymore. I'm going to... I'm going to be a pterodactyl or something else. You can, like whenever I'm stressed, I stand on one leg and, you know, even if I'm in yeah. the middle of traffic, I just get on one leg and everything yeah. disappears. Yeah. I love that. Um, well, I didn't think we'd talk about flamingos in this call. I must admit. Kind of derailed a bit. I mean, did it though? Or was it, or was this actually on the rails? Um, do you guys have any further questions for Mr. Ray? 
if not, we can wrap this up. Jamie, where can people on the internet find you? I know you're on Instagram. Yeah. Everyone can find me on Instagram. Fuck Twitter. Honestly, just like find me on Instagram and just like stalk my shit on there and be like, like Jamie, like stand on one leg, you know, but Instagram is, is probably the best place. Um, yeah, I'd say, I'd say IG. What's, how's everyone feeling? Like what's everyone, Jared, like, like, sorry, like, I, I know you probably got everything on a time here, but like, no, wanna, like I'm, I'm, I'm good. I want to check in and house. What's let's, everyone struggling let's do with this? Right? Hey, Jamie, let's do this. If you guys in the chat room there on the side, can you just do a two word check-in as to how you're feeling about what just transpired over the last 56 minutes or whatever it's been? Cause it's also like the winter solstice and we're kind of between. Yeah. It's between December 21st world. today. And then yeah. J- Jamie, do you want to like take questions or, or like, are you done? How much time you got? I'm just kind of be conscious of, yeah, Jer, I'm I'm completely good, and I'm I'm happy to answer anyone's questions or like if anyone has something that they really wanted to bring to the table, um, I'm happy to jam with 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 anyone. Or we can just wrap up the podcast portion and just click end, and then have a more personal thing that won't be broadcast publicly all over the internet. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, Jer, I'm 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 down for anything, but I'm but I'm happy to stick around for a little bit. All right, let's wrap up the podcast. If you're listening, thanks for listening. We love you. Jamie Ray, you're a gem of a human being, and I'm going to pretend like we're not going to continue talking for another five minutes. (laughs) Thank you for having me, Jared. Love you, brother. (laughs) Yeah. So after I shut off this recording, we ended up chatting for another... 40 to 50 minutes just vibing and it was so so wonderful i really do hope that you enjoyed that conversation i hope that you also consider joining us team never giver upper if you need some pals some new support a community of friends that have your back and push you forward we got you i've included links to that in the show notes make sure to check out jamie on instagram follow his work follow his writing listen to his lessons he's a very entertaining creature and somebody that I really have a lot of time for. He's doing it his way, and I really respect that a lot. I hope you're doing it your way, and that your life is good, and that you're surviving and thriving and smiling and enjoying the sunshine, all of it. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. I can't believe it's been over 100 episodes now. That is wild and fantastic, so thank you for all your support. I really do appreciate it. Thanks for sharing it on the Instagram with people that you like. Thanks for leaving five-star reviews. That helps me legitimize this this podcast when I approach random strangers and say, hey, do you want to talk to me? We don't know each other, but do you want to talk to me for like an hour? Can I have an hour of your life to just chat with you? So those five-star reviews actually do make a big difference. So thank you again. And yeah, go live your best life.